Hi again, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Ingenuity Amplified by Context Air. This is a podcast hosted by Gabe Batstone and Carl Byers from Context Air. This podcast, Ingenuity Amplified, more about the many interesting people they encounter in their business journey, guests who are smart, successful people who care about people. I'm your co-host, Steve Warren, and Gabe Batstone is the CEO of Context Air and back in the house with us once again today. How are you today, Gabe? Well, bring you know, bring on 2022 and let the uh, dumpster fires of 2021 and 2020 recede into the uh, past. <laughs> yes. Happy belated New Year, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we're too late in the game for that. But uh, yeah, it's nice to have a new year upon us and hopefully better days ahead. And uh, how's the show? Did I describe the show properly there off the top, Gabe? You feel like I've got a handle on that? I think, I think you've got it. You know, it really is about people and the interesting people that I'm so fortunate to meet and, and that we're fortunate to bring onto the show. And I think the, the part that you mentioned at the end that was so powerful to me was that also care about people, right? So what we're drawn to, both Carl and I, is people who are a little bigger thinking in terms of business, not simply the the PL and the balance sheet, but actually it's about people. It's about your investors. It's about the people who work for you. It's about the customers you work with. And ultimately it's about the impact you have. Uh, and so, uh, you know, our guest today, uh, impact is a word that will come up, I'm, I'm sure pretty often, including uh, in her title. So I think it's a, it should be a great episode. Yeah, we have a great guest today, Gabe. She is Lindsay Siegel. She is the head of impact at Company Ventures in New York City. Thanks for being with us today, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. Gabe, it's great to see you. You too. He's. I love his. I wish. I wish all our audio listeners could see our Zoom call because he's got the background going. Looks like kind of a. I don't know what is that a a, a Game of Thrones throne with uh, with wrenches and such. It's a great background. I just. Oh, it's it. great. Yeah, if you could just crop my massive head out of it, it would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lindsay, let's start by getting to know you and your company. Maybe tell us about what Company Ventures is all about and what your role with the company is. Sure. So Company Ventures is a venture capital firm. You know, we invest in high potential, exciting, um, technology-driven entrepreneurs. Um, we're based in New York City out of a gorgeous campus that um, is right in the middle of Midtown next to Grand Central Station, um, which Gabe knows well. And this is, you know, how he and I met uh, in our space there. Uh, company has been around uh, for seven years, going on eight years now. And I joined the team about two and a half years ago. So my role as head of impact uh, is to work with founders in our community to talk about the deeper issues of what's motivating them in building their startups and work with them at the earliest days of their startups formation to help establish a set of values and sort of ethical parameters and have deeper conversations about why they are doing the work they're doing. Starting a company is really hard to be in touch with the larger things that are moving you, right? The big problems you're trying to solve and the ways in which you want your company to make change in the world is super important. And so that's generally the work that I've gotten to do for the last couple of years. And Gabe, that sounds like it aligns quite nicely with a lot of your beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's how we found our way to company in Midtown. And in fact, we were in New York City already. We had, we had an office in Brooklyn. Uh, BMW is uh, is one of our investors and they had a great innovation center in a, a, an awesome neighborhood I miss called Greenpoint, uh, you know, full of great uh, Polish immigrants and, and a bakery that cost me a solid 10 or so pounds uh, when we had an office there at least. And um, 
And so, so as that was coming to an end and they said, there's this new, this new space opening up, you know, across the river. Right. And you should go check it out. And another company we knew was there and we went. And so we did kind of a six month trial through uh, uh, the Canadian government was actually running a program with them. So we got to try the space and I got there and I was like, wow, this isn't an office, right? This is a collection of people, right. Who are trying to make a difference, right. Trying to have an impact to use that word again. And we felt really comfortable there and we just never left. You know, and that was probably 2017, 2018 in that time frame. And we just never left because we we're like, you know, it's a it's a line um, that one of their founders uh, had used that I've, I've kept. And it was like, it's about the company you keep. Right. And uh, and that's, you know, what company is about. And that really stuck with me. And it's been true. And, you know, I was just there last week uh, in New York City, uh, you know, just to, to let you know, Steve, as an avid hockey fan, I went to the Leafs Rangers game, uh, which started well and finished terribly. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, I did enjoy myself uh, at Madison Square Garden, but it was worth the move to Manhattan again for the people and 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 meeting Lindsay in that process was just yet another example of why that was a good decision for Context Air and, and for me. That's great stuff. And uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how things are going right now because we're in unique times. Obviously, Lindsay, um, let's talk about uh, your business right now and the effect that these last couple of years have had on it with the pandemic. It's really it's changed the game for everybody, hasn't it? I mean, in terms of commercial real estate in New York City, yes, right? Uh, COVID has certainly changed the game. Um, in terms of company, though, and you know, to Gabe's point, the company you keep, it's been an amazing transition for us where we are looking at ways in which to ensure that degree of connectivity that people feel with each other when they're sharing a physical space is also something that they can experience in a hybrid format, in a virtual format. So you know, just like everybody else who's kind of entered into this new COVID era, there's a lot to learn about connectivity and real relationship building and partnership building that happens uh, in virtual spaces. So the way we're operating now is we continue with the, this, the Grand Central Tech is our core residency program. So this is kind of our accelerator. Pre-seed companies come in for a one-year uh, residency in our space. That program is now designed in a hybrid format where it used to be, you know, one floor of our building. Our urban tech hub, which is the fourth floor of the space that also is like where Gabe came in, um, that the programming behind it is now totally designed as as hybrid. So just super intentional around how you create community amongst really great people, sometimes in person and sometimes not. Right. So kind of creative uses of the space. But that said, people still want to see each other. Right. There's still a reason to gather. So uh, we are all developing a different relationship with what what happens in that time when we're together and in person. But, um, you know, our our programming itself and creating that connectivity is now kind of moved over to be to be more of a hybrid uh, relationship. And to me, it ended up actually really being a validation of company and the model that you had, right? You know, where it isn't actually about real estate, right? So if you just have a relationship with the place where you have a desk, that relationship is gone two years later, right? But what made company different is it wasn't about the space. The space was a subtext, right? It was about the community, right? It was about the other people that you would engage with. And sometimes that's uh, offline, sometimes that's online. And if anything, to me, the, the pandemic kind of proved the rightness of 
of that model, right? That it's about people. And so, you know, whereas I could see, you know, the we works of the world, you know, falling to the side as people don't care about space, right? And, and it's a different world. The companies only became more important because it was, yeah, the relationships I have, that's how I'm going to get through this. And yes, having an awesome space and I couldn't wait to get back there, right? I've been, I, I love the space and everything they've done, but the space is the, the function of the people in the community, not the other way around, right? It's not because the couch is super awesome. It's because on the other couch will be someone who's interesting that I end up talking to, or that I get to bump into to Lindsay as we're having a coffee and she'll you know alert me to an awesome book that I hadn't heard about that changes the way I do something. Um, so I think that's what makes company different in so many ways, right? It is that, that community. And so it's not about real estate because that wouldn't be a great place to be. Um, but it's about people, it's about purpose, and it's about that in the context of work. And, uh, and that's why we, uh, we love it there so much. Gabe, wait, I've got a quick question for you. When your team gathers now in person, what becomes the nature of being there together? So it becomes about the connectivity or the tissue of the company, right? It's about the relationship. So it's not about a status meeting. It's about how are you doing? You know, you know, how are you actually doing, you know, personally? And, and I think that's one of the things that I've seen really change is that work has become more personal. Right. That it, and it should be. And those relationships are personal. So when you look at employees, it's not just about, you know, your, your 401k and your benefits program. Right. It's about like, are you making a real connection with that person and, and can you help them in, in their life? And maybe that can be abstract. You know, we've had cases where, you know, people have, oh, they've had this this challenge in their personal life that um, pre pandemic Gabe and company would have been like, oh, that's unfortunate and and hope it goes well, like be empathetic and meaningful, but like, that's not, there's nothing we can do as a company to help that because it's crossed some imaginary line that we had all created to now like calling up Carl and saying, Carl, here's this personal problem that, that one of our employees has. How can we help? Like there are no lines, right? Like the line is do everything you can to help your employees. And I think that's, that's meaningfully different. I totally hear that. And I think that like, that is one of our biggest lessons coming out of having grappled with this pandemic the last couple of years, right? That there is no line that separates work from life. Here we are like managing our work life with kids climbing on us and dogs barking in our faces, um, that it doesn't shut off unless you shut it off. And that's a real intentional move, right? That your health concerns are integrated into your ability to be productive. So, I, it's certainly something that I've read a ton about and feel personally that the relationship to work essentially needs to connect with us on a more human level than ever before, right? And I think that's kind of obviously connected to this great resignation and why people are not content at a job that wasn't feeding them in the past, yeah, and I think we flipped the the old script, right? When I grew up uh, too long ago and went to business school and all that fun stuff, right? It was uh, take care of the customer and the rest will take care of itself, right? That was kind of the, the baseline, right? And I'd say that has changed. And certainly my view, maybe that hasn't changed. My view of that has changed to take care of the employees and the rest will take care of itself, right? It actually starts looking inward, not looking outward. Uh, and if you do that, and 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 there's lots of companies and case studies that have shown that that works, you know, even before the pandemic, you know, now it emerges as these people who really had the foresight to see where we were going before we got there. Uh, and, and for me, that's certainly um, 
that's become our passion, right? And again, and having impact, you know, as a company, we do want to have impact. You know, it, it's not a, a country club. So my goal isn't that everyone who works at Context Air, you know, has the best time of their life every day, but I want them to have meaningful work that matters to them in an environment that gives them a, a healthy whole life, not just a work life. And if we do that, then we can have that impact that, that I'm passionate about with blue collar workers and making sure that that the last tactical mile and last mile workers get all of the amazing technology that everybody else in the world gets, right? So, so those two things are not uh, separate, they're actually linked. Uh, and that link is important. So for, for me, it really has changed. And, and then when you take that next step, I think beyond context there and, and some of a lot of the work that we've you know done together is how do we create the next generation of those people and how do we make sure that kids who don't start off at a place that leads naturally to a great outcome how can we influence them to have opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise get and and so I think it's uh, you know then so that you take that from your company and look to the broader city ecosystem, to the country, to the world, and, and what kind of impact can you have? And, and that's what drew me to you initially was that vision that you've always had around purpose um, and around what, what can we do to make, um, make the world a better place, right, at the simplest of levels. Well, I remember our conversation a couple of years ago where you shared with me some of your visual aids around purpose at the companies that you had built. Um, and I refer back to that stuff all the time, Gabe, because that's a source of inspiration in many ways for how we operate at company ventures and how we work with our startups when it comes to being values driven and being clear about what where your values lie as a founder and how to bake that into the to the early days at your company. So all of that ends up translating into these stakeholder maps that we work with the founders to to develop, which I think is such a different relationship for startup founders mm -hmm. to have with their companies. For sure. <laughs> so it's so inspiring to be able to work with exciting and like super um, forward thinking innovators who are also looking at all the different parties that are affected by the choices they make in their business, whether that's their employees, their shareholders, their um, the environmental impact they have, right? Their suppliers. And to really create a set of like accountability metrics around like, how will I know if I'm actually sticking to my values here? And so much of that comes back to this, like what is the role of, of business? And then we get to narrow in on what's the role of startups in thinking more broadly about who they are, what, they, what they're trying to achieve and all the different parties that get impacted by their decisions. So, I mean, I credit that stuff back to you, Gabe, because you All gave right. me such a beautiful model of how you've thought about this for years, right? In previous businesses as well. Yeah, and, you know, that was only a thanks, and I certainly don't deserve the credit, but, um, you know, a function of, you know, I had some great mentors, right, in, in my day, you know, General George Jowlin, who, who is like my favorite mentor ever, uh, for many reasons. One is best title ever. So his last job before he retired was the Supreme Allied Commander um, of, uh, of Europe for, for NATO. I was like, Supreme Allied Commander, there's a gig, I need that. I need a business card <laughs> that says Supreme Allied Commander, that is good. Um, and, and so a lot, and, and growing up, career-wise in the defense industry, right? You, you, you're fortunate to get access to great leaders, right? And, and great models. And really, I just took some of those things in and tried to apply it into a commercial context, you know, as I move forward. Cause I was so, I used to say, I would meet with them. I still meet with them uh, in Pentagon city, just outside the Pentagon in, in DC. Uh, and we have breakfast, the Ritz Carlton, every time, same place. It's, you know, been doing it for decades. And, uh, and every time I'm like looking for a U.S. Army recruiting station on the way out, like I'm ready to go. Like, where do I sign up? Like I'm in, let's, let's take that hill. I have to help 
help. I have to help make a difference. Uh, he's so motivational. But you know, the, when you put it back into the context of company, you know, one of the things I find so fascinating is like you said, yeah, you know, we're a venture capital company. I was like, no, you're not. Like, and uh, so here's the uh, here's the um, spoiler alert. If you're a venture capitalist, you might want to shut it off for the next thirty seconds. But like. You're nothing like a venture capital company, which is what I love about you, right? You know, is, is that it's about impact, right? And not the, um, and I think you're one of your latest programs, the City Fellowship, right? Talks about we're focused on deep impact, not the speed or growth of scale uh, or scale. And it's like, oh my God, that's it, right? Like scale has become to me a four letter word um, when it comes to mentorship and entrepreneurs, because we, we obsess with people over scale instead of no impact, right? Scale only matters if the impact was good. First, you got to get the impact right, then worry about scaling it. And so that that approach to me, the one of my favorite compliments I could give company is I would never think of you as a either a commercial real estate firm or a venture capital firm, <laughs> and you're both. But I, that I would never think of or describe you that way. Um, and and that is a compliment coming from uh, from me. But, uh, but so there's my rant on VC. So so context there will now never receive external funding from anyone. So I better be good at my job. So that's fine. Don't care. I think there's something real to. Uh, the idea that venture capital has for a few decades now kind of narrowed its scope. And one of the things that makes me invigorated every day is that there is a broader lens at company ventures, right? That, um, look, the idea is still kind of within the realm of traditional VC of like, let's find great investments, right? And, um, and make those big bets, but that doesn't always have to be done um, at the expense of what else can be achieved. So, in some cases, some of some of companies' investments are, um, you know, more traditional tech startups that are not necessarily impact driven, and yet by having these rich conversations with founders of the intentionality behind their business, we know that there is impact that gets embedded into how they build their business, right? And then some of the others in the portfolio are very impact focused. So it's a, you know, it's a conversation every day of what, where the ways in which we as a VC firm really can create um, a broader impact while not sacrificing in any way, you know, the, the financial motivations of, of the firm. With the City Fellowship, this has been this amazing opportunity that honestly is like all, like all of my attention and love right now. <laughs> that we have had this long history with the City of New York. We have worked with the New York City Economic Development Corporation to establish the Urban Technology Hub, the Urban Tech Hub. Um, we've kind of had a long-term relationship with the City University of New York. We have all these different touch points that as a firm just feel very rooted in the future and success of New York City as a whole, even if that's not directly who's in our investment portfolio. And with the City Fellowship, this was another opportunity to kind of broaden the lens of the firm and say, who else in, in our city is working in ways that are really for the benefit of New Yorkers, for the future of New York City that are taking action in areas of economic equity and climate action for the future of New York City? And how do we throw ourselves behind those organizations? 
again, in partnership with the EDC, but like really creating a whole program to support their future uh, because we need New York City to be a healthy and thriving ecosystem, right? That's that's the only way that the rest of the tech sector in the city can really be successful. So it's been an exciting thing to get off the ground. Yeah, I think it's one of the, like, the things I love about New York City, right, is, is that the ecosystem that is New York City and, and the reality, right, you know, the old, you know, 8 million people, 8 million stories, and, and really over 20 million people when you look at the bigger picture, but in such a condensed area where failure is not an option, right, like you, you got to get the garbage done, and that's hard, right, and so you have an amazing sanitation department, as an example, who, who does things that are actually unthinkable, right, talk about an innovative group and the way that they have to do things, and, and, and you you can't have a gated community away from everyone as you do maybe in other parts of the world and other parts of the United States, right? Like we all got to live together, right? You got to, you're in the same environment as a result that creates this, uh, this resilience and this openness and this transparency about doing it different. Like New York has to be better and that can become a model, I think for other areas. And, and for me, that's some of the most powerful things, you know, some of my favorite trips in New York, you know, we did some, some work with uh, uh, NYCHA, the, the city housing authority. And so I spent some time in Brownsville, Right. And in, in kind of not uh, not the best place. Right. And, and but the best people like amazing people and, and trying to figure out how can we help those people. Right. Living in those and, and how can we improve what they're doing and and how do you turn the, those areas that uh, that don't have a, a um, the opportunities that other places do and make it possible. And and I think Mayor Adams, you know, I think his vision and coming from Brownsville himself and being a police officer in the past. And, and uh, you know, I think he's got a real potential to do some things that maybe others haven't done in the past. So I'm very hopeful about the the new mayor, certainly. And, um, and, and hopeful about New York. I think uh, New York is one of those cities that makes a difference beyond its borders. And, and that's why we're so passionate about it, despite being, uh, uh, you know, a couple of crazy Canucks who, who make our way down there and certainly a fan of like none of your sports teams. So like, you know, every, every day, I hope virtually every team from that area loses in some way, shape or form, though the Rangers are growing on me, I have to admit. Um, but the, the city, the people, the culture, um, I think is, uh, is unique and important. We have a real issue in the tech sector around who gets access to funding and the diversity of who holds the jobs, who gets into senior leadership, who um, is enabled to build a startup. Uh, And the focus of this program is to turn our attention to some of the communities that are specifically marginalized in the rest of the tech sector and to center the whole program on the experiences of entrepreneurs of color, women entrepreneurs, right? Um, So I think, you know, New York City is also an important home for these conversations of who uh, is enabled to build the solution to challenges that exist. So it's one of the more exciting things too for me about working at company and about working on this fellowship in particular is the ability to turn our attention to support entrepreneurs that for many systemic reasons have been kind of cut out of of the tech sector, especially in other parts of the country. And we in New York have to do better than that. Yeah, it's a, you know, we've done the high school program, you know, where we we engage with the high school kids from Queens and Staten Island. And to me, you know, I love those kids, right? And I yeah. love that engagement and, and, uh, and their, their vision and, and the impact. But the, the one theme that came back time and time with them, right, is you know, I felt like they just didn't know 
the state of the possible, right? They, they, no one had given them that view of what they could be, what they could do, right? They, you know, to, to take those blinders that the, the essentially systemic blinders that get placed, right, on groups of people so that they don't even know what's possible. So the fact that it's possible only matters if people know it's possible, right? So people have to know it's possible and you have to make it possible. Um, and so to me, that was so important. And then working again with the, the, the City University of New York folks of many of who we've, uh, uh, we've hired and done internships with and just their passion and their smarts. And there's few things more rewarding to me than, yeah. than that work. And, and, and slowly, and I think we're, we're getting there. I feel like we're getting this idea that somehow, you know, equity and equality and diversity are a thing you do at the cost of doing like, oh, we can make a little less money, but we'll do this. It's like, no, that's not true, right? Like you will be successful if you do those things. Those are actually things that make you successful. And, and you know, plug context air briefly with no plan. Like, so we don't have, uh, you know, any official plans, right? You know, we have more women than men and more people of color than uh, Caucasian. And that was no plan. That was just hiring the smartest people who could do the best job. Like, so if you let it happen, it will happen. It doesn't actually mm -hmm. um, require you to make any sacrifices because I hate that narrative, right? Of, of somehow you're doing them a favor or you're, or you're making a sacrifice through diversity. And it's just, just the opposite. It's illogical. Um, it, but I think that comes back to like, what does the culture feel like at Context Air? And why would people who otherwise are certainly marginalized in construction, let alone technology, like why are they drawn to work at your company, right? It comes back to what it, what is the environment that you're creating there? which is the work of founders. Like you create that environment from your first hire. So um, I, I love having these conversations with founders. Yeah, I think it's a, it's important. And, and, and I think just telling stories is, is important, right? You know, and you, you don't not underestimate. And it's one of the reasons for the podcast too, is, uh, you know, obviously I've, uh, you know, life is complex, right? I've had tragedy in my life. And, and, you know, when that tragedy occurred, I'll never forget one a quote, uh, and it was an old, uh, from a, an old Aboriginal saying that, you know, once you've told someone their story, your story, they can never forget it. Right. And that it becomes a part of their you know, they're thinking too. And, and so I think that's also true in the, in the founder sense, right? You know, once you tell your story and you keep telling that story, that becomes your culture and, and people won't forget it. And they'll act in ways that you could have never planned or predicted, right? But tell your story. It's important. And, and with that comes, it better be authentic, right? It better be real. Like you've got to be a real person too. Um, but I think it, it matters, right? And, and, for us at Context Air, you know, the culture is kind of job one, right? When we have a, a strategic planning session, the first topic will always be culture, right? That's where it all starts, right? You know, strategy, business plans, balance sheets, all that fun stuff. Important, but that's not where you start. All right. And the big voice reemerges here. Um, and, I, and I was thinking, Gabe, after listening to Lindsay today, she's been terrific, uh, that I might need to rethink the way I introduce our guests um, I think I've framed introductions in the past saying, you know, our guest today cares about people and it's not all about the bottom line as though you kind of have to choose one of the other values versus business. And Gabe, it sounds like the philosophy um, of the podcast really is, is a business that stresses values, caring about people. It actually makes you uh, a better business and, and unto itself helps the bottom line. You don't have to choose. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That, that false choice narrative that has is still very common and was wasn't dominant, um, you know, it matters. And it's the same reason words matter, right? Which is, I think, another part of this podcast, you know, and so I think that idea it, that it does matter that that isn't a sacrifice, right? That's a part of building a great business. And, and it's why I rebel against when we low skill versus uh, high skill workers drives me just off the ledge, right? Like they're all humans are skilled, right? They're like, and in the 
media today, you'll, they'll talk about low skilled workers. I'm like, what a terror, like how, how do we just let that happen as a collective, right? That, that narrative, right? Like all humans are skilled. They may do different jobs. They have different access to tools and technology and education, but all humans are skilled. So stop with the low skill, high skill and, and those other things. So, you know, we'll have to, I think a future podcast, uh, uh, we'll have to get into, I think words matter and talking a bit about that and, and the importance of messaging and, and the narratives that are out there. But, uh, but Lindsay, man, it was uh, it was great to talk to you as always, and and uh, I always get inspired. So now I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go work on something that's unrelated to business and and people. Maybe I'll just call all the employees and tell them how much uh, how great they are, and they'll be like, "What is Gabe drinking at work today? Like, what is, what is going on?" That sounds like an amazing outcome from this conversation. We'll also set up the next volunteer opportunity for you to meet some high school students because they always we love did. connecting. And with I saw, you. I signed up for the latest uh, with the CU of New York. I love uh, love the they ask you all the tough questions because they just have no idea what's on site or off site be like why'd you start the business that doesn't sound like a good idea you do yeah like i love their openness and just uh it, uh it it renews your soul a little bit when you talk to them good stuff well thanks so much for having me well, thank you for coming on it was great Lindsay siegel is the head of impact at company ventures their website is companyventures.co if you enjoyed hearing from Lindsay today we invite you to subscribe and check out all of our great guests featured in other episodes on behalf of Gabe and Lindsay and everyone at Context Air, thanks for being with us today on Ingenuity Amplified. We'll talk to you soon.